grief can grief can take you over and you can be completely stifled, muffled. You may right now, whoever's listening, you can feel like you literally cannot take a deep breath. However, if you can begin to allow grief to show you what is important, it will show you. Yeah. It will reveal to you mm. what needs to shut away, the people that you need to walk away from, the people that have walked away from you and you can be fine with that. It will show you who in your life you need to spend time with. It will show you where you need to take care of yourself. Hey family, I'm Coach Steph. And I'm Dr. Angela. We are the Grief Sisters. Together, we lost four family members in a seven-week time period. We know suffering. You may feel lonely, but you are not alone. Let's jump in. Hey, family. It is good to be with you today. And sis, it's good to be with you. How are you? I'm so good, Angela. It's really good to talk to you. We haven't done a podcast together, just the two of us, in quite a while. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too. Me too. I feel like we need to check in with each other about life. And then really, this podcast is about wanting to also connect with you, our listeners. We realize that we've put a lot out into the world. We've done a lot of content. The first two seasons, there's so much to sift through. We want season three to be dedicated to sifting and really trying to lift up. What have we learned? What have we gained? What can we take forward with us? Which we'll talk more about. But what that means is that we want to connect with you, the people who are listening. So we, we really hope that you're going to email us. Tell us what you've gotten out of season one and season two. What have you connected with? What's resonated with you? What questions, like lingering questions do you have? Have you had any illuminations? Have you had any light bulb moments? Sisters at gmail.com, right, Steph? <laughs> Please let us know what have you gained from season one and season two or season two? Was there a particular episode that really moved you? And we may just read your email over the air on season 30 in our, in our new episodes. But I think that's going to help us to figure out what we want to highlight in season three. And But before we jump to season three and talking about what's coming up, Steph, I just wanted to know, like, what's been going on in your life lately? Gosh, I think both of us have had a lot going on. And part of it, I think, feels like you and I were talking a little bit about sort of this new post-COVID kind of world and navigating a lot of new things happening in our communities and our cities and our state. And you've moved to a whole nother state. And can't wait yep. to hear more about that. For me, I, I dove into the world of short-term rentals <laughs> and the Airbnb thing. And having a blast doing that, learning a lot about hospitality, enjoying having people stay in our cute little Casa Sunshine here in Albuquerque. And just, I don't know, it, I feel like it's feeding my soul to create really cool experiences for people. I think that's, that's our hope too for season three is to start just creating a breath of fresh air Yes. To people and to breathe life into a really heavy subject of grief. And me kind of diving into that hospitality has, has breathed a lot of life and happiness and joy into my life recently. It's so interesting. I had never really thought about this until just this moment, but 
you have done a lot of renovations in your life. I mean, I've thought about that before, but it's kind of a metaphor, I feel like, for our seasons and how they're like the first part of renovation is like you have to gut the space. You have to kind of strip it down and say, and you and it involves loss. It involves, yeah. the, okay, wreck, like this has to go, that has to go like this. And then the next stage is like, you know, sort of preparing the space for something new, which is, right. okay. And then there's a, like an imagination exactly. space of like, what could be here instead? And you have to start and you have to dream again. And you have, you have to like, think about like, how do we recreate this space and restore it in a way that's going to be helpful, homey, safe? comfortable you know and I in many ways that's kind of how grief works and that's how our podcast is it's like first season one and season two I feel like we've spent a lot of we've talked a lot about loss and then we've done the guttle you know the gutting and yeah yeah right all of that the shock and the 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 stories that we've heard and we acknowledge that listeners we acknowledge that a lot of our stories and a lot of our interviews came with with some really heavy stuff and heavy information. And these are really powerful and important stories, but they also, for people who are listening, we understand that you sometimes have to be in the right space to be able to listen. Or you say, I'm, I'm in for a good cry today. I want to listen to something that's just really going really yeah. to help me fulfill that need to just cry it out. I love that analogy. It's so funny that you say that about the remodeling and the renovation and And then I think that final display for me in the Airbnb, I had to have photos made and then I had to release it into the world and kind of be vulnerable and say, this is what I made. This is what I did. This is what brought me joy. I wonder if it will bring you joy too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think season three is sort of that imagining what could be here and like, looking for some beauty, looking for goodness. Family, we're trying to, sh- to share with you, it's sort of we're dreaming for season three, focusing on what can we learn from season one and season two to create a toolkit that helps us to reframe our thinking and really become open to joy, live open to meaning, to beauty, to goodness, live lighter, live freer. So we're going to be dedicating season three to our, it's going to be a lot of me and Steph, and we're going to be sharing ways that we're making meaning and looking for beauty. And all and living lighter and freer because that's what we want in our lives. And I think a lot of people need that in a post-pandemic world. We all want to have less stress. We're we're fresh out of resilience and agility. We need peace and we need it to be lighter. And we need life to be lighter. And so we want to focus on that on season three. But also for me, I I think about see we needed season one and season two to get to where we're going. I've just learned, especially in season two, to have some thoughts on on that I have learned so much from the people that we have talked to and there's been some really special moments you know to back up just a little bit to what you said is having that lighter freer feeling I don't know anyone out there who doesn't want to feel that no matter what they've been through whether it's anxiety depression divorce or just a pandemic or they lost their parent or maybe things aren't going so terrible but there's nobody out there that doesn't want to live lighter and freer that's kind of where we're headed and I completely agree is that we we have learned so much from these powerful people that we've interviewed and heard their stories that taking some time now 
to unpack each one of them or some of the things that we've learned over the last couple of seasons was so necessary for us to be able to say now, yes, this is the toolbox that we are going to create for ourselves, for our listeners, and also sort of look ahead to, dare I say it, grief opportunities. Is there such a thing in the world and in this space? Is there such a thing that we can actually say, I have this opportunity now because of the grief that I've been through? Yeah, and it reminds me of, for me, it resonates. It's very hard to see. If you're like in it right now, if you just experience really profound loss, you know, you're not going to probably resonate with what we're saying. But if you're a few, you're a year out or more, you might start just like, you might be seeing what we're talking about, or maybe you've experienced it in the past in your life. What After our, our really difficult grief weeks that we've talked about a lot, I met with my spiritual director. It was like three months after our dad died and I met with her and I told Suzanne everything that happened in person. I remember it very clearly. And at the end of that, I was just bawling my face off and she said to me, Angela, every time someone that we love dies, and I would include like every time we lose something big in our lives, she's like a part of us dies with that person or that thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then she paused. And she said, that's why it's so painful is because like a part of us is lost too. And then she said, that empty space that you feel within you, where you have lost something or someone that felt so integral to who you are, it does create pain. And yet that empty space is also, it's fertile ground for springs of new life to well up within you. And I remember thinking, you're full of shit. Initially, right? And yet I really want you to be right. Yeah. Yeah. To be right about this. And and I remember thinking, I wonder what that might look like in my own life. Where will those springs of new life come from? Where will that restoration come from? Where will I get new energy and new life? And what's interesting is like you that that actually happens all throughout our lives. And when you look at even the seasons, like things die and then there's a, a time for it to be reborn and there's a time for new, for growth and for newness. Mm -hmm. So I think that season three is about that newness, that new life, like springing up within us. That's what we want to focus on. But it takes, but season two, for me, a lot of people talk about the empty space, what they had, like the part of themselves that they lost. And yet many of them talked about what they rebuilt, you know, how yeah. they, or what was new, what, like the new thing that came, the opportunity you said that came the spring of new life, sure. which is cool to think about when we look back on season two. Sure. I like to bring up a couple of the episodes in particular. And, and I think as you're talking, it, it makes me think of kind of shaking the dust off. They do the spring cleaning yeah. and yeah. we've had a hard, a hard winter. And that, that hard winter in, or the, in that deep, deep grief space, we call it phase one, just that really utter shock. As you start clawing your way out of it, you kind of do like a dog, I envision shaking the dust off or shaking the water off and sort of having a moment where you take a deep breath and think, okay, my head's above water. Oh, I loved in episode six, your friend talked about 
wanting to let her license go in her professional career right. that she was doing, right? And she so she's said, a massage therapist. She's a massage therapist. And so for a little bit, she wasn't able to do it because she had cared for her her husband. So in this episode, we're talking to someone who became a widow at 31 years old. Mm-hmm. Totally unexpected. Her husband was blindsided. They were blindsided with cancer. And and he eventually died of cancer. But before she was taking care of him for a long time, and she, and which was such an important and special thing in her life, but also wildly difficult. And yeah, she almost like let it kind of just die out her license with, right. but she said, no, I'm, I'm going to renew this. And then now she runs her own business that's a pain center, like helps people through massage and other things like to manage their pain, yeah. which is so incredible. That's what I yeah. took from that story was that she was deep in her grief and deep in her struggles and pain. And she almost let her license go, but she did say to herself, future Angie might need this. So yes, can you yeah. do this today? Can you renew your license today for your future self? And that was probably my biggest takeaway from that. Again, it was episode six of season two. And I could, it was like palpable. I could feel her, you know, telling herself there's going to be a time when you may have your head above water and you're no longer feeling like you can't breathe. So what you can do now, even if you're listening and you're in the thick of it and really struggling with with a really traumatic journey right now and, and you cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel, trust us and go back and listen to that episode because it's just proof that every little teeny tiny thing we can do now in the future, we'll appreciate that. That was a good episode. That was a great Yeah, episode. I love that. I know. And I've actually started to thank myself for even really silly things. Like, thank you, past self, for loving your future self. Yeah. You know, like yes. when I set up my coffee for myself at night and then in the morning, it's all ready to go. And I'm thank you, past self, for loving your future self. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's so, so yeah, I, lo- I did too. I took that. That was my main takeaway as well. How do I love my future self? What can I do today? Like, even if I don't feel like doing anything today, what could I do for my future? Yeah, that was, that was awesome. I, for me, the episode was Reverend Dr. James Stillwell. He is a divorce recovery coach and has been for over 30 years. And he actually helped my mom and me with divorce, with recovering after my parents divorced. So when I've known when I was like seven years old, right. So that was like a wild blast from the past for me to look back. But then what's interesting is I've gotten divorced myself. And, and it's only been, you know, two and a half years, but also saying that out loud feels like, wow, that was, it also has gone by quickly, more quickly than I imagined. So he talks about that divorce is painful because it's about rejection, failure, and forgiveness. So I feel like no matter who you are, like whether you've experienced divorce or not, at every point in our lives, like we've experienced rejection or a sense of failure and we've needed to forgive ourselves or forgive someone else or both. (laughs) Right. And just felt like his episode, I loved when he, that he just like names these things and he talks about how we work through them. And for me, he gave me so much hope that I could recover from rejection, from failure, and I could forgive myself and other people. I left that episode really feeling like I had been coached from him to do those things. <laughs> right. And that was episode four of our season two. And Dr. Stillwell, 
I encourage anyone listening today that if you feel like some of our episodes in, in the previous season are a little bit heavy and you're, I just don't know if I want to listen to a grief story. Dr. Stillwell's episode four is a, a really positive one as far as just giving you those tools for your toolbox that we want to help you create even more of in season three. He's kind of like going to be the springboard for a lot of those tools that we're going to be offering up to you guys. Because right. Yeah. We want there to be a sigh of relief when you listen. And I feel like his episode in particular, Dr. Stilwell's episode, was such a breath of fresh air and that I felt that way as well. We interviewed Tadashi, who is a super incredible artist, and his episodes in, in season two, episode one, he had a very heavy story in there. But man, that episode, you truly feel like you get a really big hug from him. And uh -huh. Yeah. And I walked I walked away from that episode one of season two. I walked away from that feeling really uplifted as well. Yeah. I mean, you feel like you're just sitting with Tadashi having lunch with him mm -hmm. and that you, it's like a new friend that you're making. I feel like that's the kind of episode to take with you on a walk or a long drive or maybe a few different drives. And because he he talks about how he became the artist that he is, who mentored him, who was good to him. He's a very successful artist. He has tons of followers on Instagram for a reason. He has thousands upon thousands, millions of people have listened to his music. He's made music with really incredible mu other musicians, other really incredible musicians. And yet he has this humility about him. And he's got hard-won wisdom. He talks about the loss of his son, but also he talks about his resurrection story for him and what he's doing to honor his son now. And so I just went, yeah, I walked away inspired. I left really, really inspired about ways that I could use my, make my pain productive. You, I think that's what you do. You listen to Sadashi and you're like, okay, I can do something with the pain. I don't have to justify it or glorify it, but I can do something with it. And then for me, I think Jeevers is similar to the Reverend Dr. Stowell sees episode three of season two. Jeevers is, a, is, an, is an expert in nutrition and he's a biochemist, basically. There's this whole episode dedicated to sleep and yeah. just tips for getting better sleep and how that's related to um, when you're feeling down and you've been like experiencing stress in your life, how do you take care of yourself and get better sleep? But also it doesn't have like really a great story in there. It's really just an expert talking to us about tips for better sleep. I think that's a really great episode for just like when you're cooking dinner or doing a workout and you just want to get some tips on better sleep in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he said in that episode, we all have a right to sleep. And I was like, yes, I do. I definitely, and I struggle with sleep. And by the way, I ordered his sleep spray. I forget the name of it. Nods. Nod. N-O-D-Z-Z-Z. Yeah. I ordered that after that episode. You can find our code for a discount in episode three in the show notes. And I spray that under my tongue every night. And I am telling you, it's making a difference in how I fall asleep faster. And if I do wake up in the middle of the night, I fall asleep more quickly instead of yeah. laying awake at night. I use nods too. And it's got CBD and then also essential oils and plant extracts and brain calming nutrients. 
that all come together. So you can get nods. His company is P-R-O-Z-E. But I mean, that's the thing is that Jeevers, he, what's so cool about his work is companies hire him and also athletes have hired him. What they do is they'll, they'll tell him, hey, Jeevers, we want a supplement that for people to take that does A, B, and C, like gives you energy or helps you to sleep or whatever. And we want it to taste like grapefruit and have no sugar. And he'll be like, okay. And you can just go and make stuff. It's crazy. People have the coolest gifts. And that's his gift in life. It's just that he can do that. He can create supplements like that, that are really healthy for us and that give us the right nutrients that we need in order to perform better or to sleep better or have better joint care, health and stuff like that. And so, I mean, he's worked with some incredible athletes throughout his time. We didn't even talk about all of that, but Tom Brady is like one of the people who has emailed him and asked him for advice on stuff. And wow. that was who. And so he has athletes like that he helps and, and he was helping us in, in our seasons. That's so cool. I also was, for me, I felt like it was really helpful to hear from Scotty. Scotty is the athletic trainer for the NBA team, the Atlanta Hawks. And we had him on episode, was it seven? Yep. Okay. Scotty, he, he talks about a lot of different kinds of grief, but in ways that are just so relatable. He talks about everything from like injury grief, you know, in sport to the grief of like the loss of a loved one. So he talks about several different kinds of grief in his life. And he talked about a little bit too about how he struggled his whole life with trying to to, to figure out the big questions of life. Who am I? What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. So he has a lot of meaning questions in his own life. And then he's been a sports guy. He's been an athletic trainer for three different professional teams. He talks about getting the, when he got a Super Bowl ring with the, the Seahawks, which was such a cool story. But what's cool is he's been trying, he's okay, I've experienced grief in my life. I've always been a guy who asked these big questions about mm-hmm. life. And I'm a guy who's in the sports world how does this all come together at this point in my life? Right. And I think a lot of us do that, right? We're like, I've experienced this loss. I'm trying to find meaning in my life or I'm drawn to this thing or that thing. I've been doing this for a career. Like, how does all this come together? Yeah. And I was going to mention that because I think that we were talking about the fact that eventually many people come to a place where they want to make their pain productive. And it's funny because that doesn't necessarily mean completely reinventing the wheel or complete 100% change courses because I personally feel like everything I've been through in my life and ways that I've overcome certain things or things that I've done in my life that were hard or the fact that I was a sixth grade science teacher for a while, all of those little things that I've done after I've been through a really difficult grief journey and still in many ways go through that all the time, I'm able to take pieces of that. And those pieces pre-grief, I guess they would say, yeah, kind of all sort of glom together with my post-grief world. And I'm able to utilize those tools that I had before and now these tools that we've learned over the last two seasons with these people we've interviewed, just my mind really is exploding with the possibilities. Yeah. Able to, to move forward for myself and also help other people. And I think that's what you learn from Scotty and from Tadashi and even a few others that we interviewed where they, they've taken these things that they are already good at, but they've redirected them 
maybe to help people in a more authentic way that makes sense for what they're going through in their life right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I was just thinking about Macy's episode, which is episode eight. And she, she's someone who deals with chronic illness, chronic pain and has since she was three years old. She's 40. And she talked about this idea of being worthy of care. And yeah, a lot of her episode is about self-care, but from a different sort of perspective, it's self-care through like needing the help of other people mm -hmm. and being courageous enough to ask for help when we need it. And also it's a very vulnerable episode about, you know, when I can't do a lot or work a lot, like what's left. Right. And I, and so whether you're someone who deals with chronic illness or chronic pain or not, I feel like it's really important to listen to Macy's episode and ask yourself, in what ways do you think that you're worthy of care or not? And also, like, what do you need to help maybe ask for help for that you haven't asked for help for? And then also, when you strip away, like, if your work is burning you out, if the roles that you have and you're wearing a lot of different hats in your life, have you thought recently about the hats that you're wearing? Do you need to take, let go of anything? And if you were to let go of stuff or de-identify with certain aspects of your life, like what would be left? And how would you still articulate what's worth getting out of bed for, for yourself? Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I feel like she, she invites us to do some good introspective work that can be really healing for us. Sure. Sure. I think she asks you to take stock of who you are as a person. Yeah. I tell my clients all the time, give yourself grace. You are worthy of taking care of yourself. You must yep. take care of yourselves in order to then take care of others in an effective way. I think when she says you are worthy of care, I kind of get the chills even saying it again out loud because yeah. we are all worthy of taking care of ourselves and or allowing someone else to take care of us. When yeah. we need that, she talked, you have to listen to this episode because she talks about that. That's what really life is about is yep. each one of us taking care of someone else when they need it. And they may not give it back to you directly, but then that person's going to take care of someone else later on. And this cycle of life, if you will, or cycle of care that it just she says it so much better than me. So just listen to that episode. Yeah. When I was thinking stuff, it's like we kind of began and ended the season with a hug um, because Tadashi is a hug. You just want to hug him. Like you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I just went to lunch with you and I want to hug you now. Yeah. And I feel like I made a new friend and you're going to feel the same way with Macy. She's literally just this walking ball of kindness yes. and warmth. And you just feel so seen. I promise when you listen to her, you're going to be like, She's my new friend. I feel seen and understood. Yeah. And yeah. I can keep going now. <laughs> yes, for sure. And we did smack in the middle. I interviewed a good friend of mine, Helen, who has been yeah. a middle school counselor for a long time. She just retired. She's actually thinking of going back after taking a year off. And that's episode five. She says something in that episode. We talk, we do talk a lot about suicide in that episode because she does a lot of suicide prevention and counseling. And then unfortunately, post-suicide, 
counseling in a school if they've been affected by suicide because of a teacher or a student. But what she says in that episode in particular is if it's mentionable, it's manageable. Mm-hmm. And what she meant by that is just talk about the hard things. And in particular, she was talking about with youth. We as adults or as parents or whatever, we tend to stray or, or slip by the conversation about suicide because we don't want our kids to then, we think we're going to put that in their brain. Mm-hmm. When unfortunately, thousands and thousands of children think about suicide on a more regular basis than we would ever want to imagine. But for her to say, just talk about it, just mention it. If it's mentionable, it's manageable. It's it's almost like to me, like you take it out of your pocket and you put it on the table and then everyone can see it. And now we have to talk about it. And yeah, and it's the whole principle of like our secrets make us sick. Uh, yeah, that's what I feel like. That's what she's trying to say is like, it's the things that we don't talk about that then we don't manage well and we don't constructively work through. But when we create space in our households, with our friend groups, with our children to be able to talk about hard things, that's when we can help each other deal with them. It's when we sweep it under the rug or we whisper it and we don't bring it up that then kids think to us, oh, I can't bring this up with this person. Right. Like this is a topic I can't go there with them. And we're saying to our youth, no, you can go there with us and we're going to work through this together. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that I've learned, like after having a loved one die by suicide, it's when I say it to someone else, it gives them permission to talk about someone that they love who's died by suicide Mm -hmm. or just in general, this thing that we're all dealing with. I love that she's saying this is how we can talk about it. Yeah. For me, that was so powerful. And just so grateful for her work and what she's done with middle schoolers and her ability to just talk about the hard stuff mm-hmm. is what we all as a society need to do more of grief in productive ways, right? I think there's a lot of stuff out there on social media that's like not productive the way that people talk about it. But that's our hope. That that really sums up our season two. And and that's our hope for season three is that we can take not only some of these tools that we've learned from season two, but also season one, now unpack it even further to set it all on the table and to dig in and give you all as many tools as we can as listeners, continue to share with you what we've learned and try to make sense of it where we can, as you said, Angela, earlier, reframe the conversation into a way where we can breathe life into who we are, shake the dust off, and look for those little teeny tiny opportunities in between the tough times to not only reflect, but pay it forward a little bit, if, if that's not too cliche. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that that's, that's right. I think that's where the joy often comes for us is that we're able to serve other people, connect with other people. One of the things I I wrote an article recently about the loss that means we no longer belong. Right. And the thing in this article that I was trying to say is that sometimes we lose things in our lives and then it makes us feel like we don't belong to ourselves or to our communities or to life in the same ways. And that can even increase our grief. And yet, The opportunity on the other side of that is that sometimes our grief, if we allow it to, and I think this is what you were talking about a moment ago, 
if we allow it to, can connect us to, to new people in new ways. It wouldn't have been possible before. And maybe we didn't want, I mean, we wouldn't have chosen that. But now that it's happened, it's like, how do I belong to myself, to others in a new way? Can I connect with other people through my grief in a way that I participate in my healing and in the healing of other people? That's what I'm finding in my life. I mean, we, we started this episode with you. You're entering into the Airbnb world. You've got places that you're renovating. And that's always been a passion of yours anyway. You love to renovate spaces. And we were talking about it being a metaphor for grief. I think in many ways, I'm renovating my own life. I had made several difficult decisions over the last two and a half years. I think really when I look back on it, I think the suffering that this podcast was built on those four weeks of hell for me, it caused me to ask myself some really difficult questions. It was a crucible experience that caused me to say, how do I want to live the rest of my life? Right. Where do I want to live? What do I need to say no to and detach myself from? What do I need to say yes to and to cling to more in my life? What do I need to resurrect, to recommit to? And so I resigned from my full-time position as a professor last August and decided to just spend this year healing from a lot of work burnout from the last decade. I decided, you know, kind of go out on my own, not kind of to go out on my own and like just speak and write full time, consult to, to, to create the, the, this podcast with you. I decided I want to be more creative in my work. I want to have more freedom. And I don't know how long this is going to last, but I need to do this at least for a little bit of time. And so I'm in this sort of post-pandemic rebuilding stage of my entire life, finding a new identity apart from just being a work Angela who's who's left after all that work and all those titles yeah. and all that stuff. So it's interesting because like on certain days I wake up right now and I'm just totally invigorated by this newfound freedom and rebuilding. And then other days I'm like terrified. Well, what have I done? I've stripped it all away. Like how am yeah. I going to rebuild here? You know? And so yeah. season three in many ways, I feel like is sort of for both of us. And we're hoping that by sharing with you what we're doing in our own lives to rebuild, that it will encourage you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What you say is exactly right, Angela, Dr. Angela, <laughs> because <laughs> that was Dr. Angela talking for sure. Because if we allow, in my opinion, and it's hard to do this, but if we allow grief to show us what is important in our life, it mm -hmm. will. Oh, wow. I love that. This like coach Steph just like that's a <laughs> mic drop right there. Uh, can you, you know, say that again? Because that was really powerful. Sure. Because, you know, gr grief can grief can take you over and you can be completely stifled, muffled. You may right now, whoever's listening, you can feel like you literally cannot take a deep breath. However, if you can begin to allow grief to show you what is important, it will show you. Yeah, it will reveal to you mm. what needs to shed away the people that you need to walk away from the people that have walked away from you and you can be fine with that. It will show you who in your life you need to spend time with. It will show you where you need to take care of yourself. Oh, wow. And it yep. will show you what you need to the core level to I'd say all the time to the cellular level when you are taking care of yourself. And, and I'll say one more thing. It gives you that permission. 
to do that too. Whereas in some other times in your life, you may not feel like you have permission to find out what's important to you. You may be backed into a corner or you may not feel like you're worthy enough or you may be too busy or you may be raising three-year-old triplets or who knows what the case is. (laughs) But grief gives you that window of time to say, sorry, people, I'm not doing that. This is what's important to me. And you'll have to be okay with that. Wow. Yeah. There is a clarity that comes from grief. Right. Right. We allow it. That is that is to focus on what's most salient in our lives. I appreciate that so much. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want to invite all of you again. We shared with you what resonated with us, what jumped out at us, what was meaningful to us in season two. We want to hear from you. Please email us, thegriefsisters at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what resonated with you in season one or season two. What were your light bulb moments? What were your illuminations? What lingering questions do you have? Is there anything you want us to talk about in season three? We want to hear from you. And also, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast so you know when the new episode drops and rate it and share episodes with people that you think could benefit from them. Another way that you can connect with us, and we've been slowly building our book club and podcast listening Mm -hmm. group on Facebook, the Grief Sisters podcast and book club. Please look for us and join. We'll have information in the show notes for you. That's the best way you can communicate with us and connect with us over the summer. We're going to be doing some fun stuff. We're not always just going to be reading books. Angela, what else are we going to do? We're going to listen to episodes and we're going to talk about what we gain from them in those groups. We're going to connect with each other share life together. I think that the pandemic has really done a number on our sense of belonging. Uh, So we want to cultivate belonging and relationships. We want to help people to connect with one another, dream together, laugh together. It's going to be fun. I am ready for the fun. I'm ready. Yes, we're doing it. That's where we're moving. (laughs) We're moving toward dreaming, imagining, rebuilding fun in season three. As always, we end our podcast with a blessing over you. Thank you for joining us today, family. We are grateful to you and for you. Until next time, let's try to stay open to joy because seemingly against all odds, no matter who you are or what your circumstances are, joy can always, always find you. Hey family, this is Coach Steph, and we want you to know that we appreciate you. If you wouldn't mind, and especially if you found our podcast helpful, please follow, rate, and or officially subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to us. This helps us grow and gets the word out to more listeners who really and truly need us. You can also consider supporting us even further by pressing the support button in our Anchor podcast link found in the show notes. Even $1 a month is helpful for us to continue to bring amazing guests and content to your ears. Thank you so much for listening.